as poop, Lord. I poop back poop. Yeah, mama, or shall you we say much to make poop? I should, my young, and much or two, and pay you some love. Welcome to another edition of D-Sace Night at Nightish. I'm your host, Jeff. Joined by, with, by my brother, Dave, and Kevin Millard. It is an honor to be with you. Kapla. Kapla. <laughs> Yep, this, this is the episode all about Martok. Basically, hires Worf as his first officer. They go off. They have to go find this missing Klingon battle cruiser. The Jebedar Martok's paranoid. He thinks it's a trap every single time, and he's always, you know, he's taking the cowardly way out. And the whole crew is dejected, and it's up to Worf and Dax, who's along for the ride here to cheer this crew up and end up singing a song by the end and then going and fighting, killing people, you know, uh, well, Jemadar, they're not people, I guess, uh, they're the Jemadar. They're programmed that way. They're Jemadar people. Yeah. Yeah. Jemadar people. Uh, Dave, is this one of your favorite episodes of Star Trek? You know, it's a, it's a pretty good episode. It's pretty solid. If you like Klingon episodes, uh, this is pretty good. I don't, if you don't, uh, I, I imagine this wouldn't, uh, you know, be your cup of tea but or your cup of blood wine or anything like that you know this i i really enjoyed this i think this uh this was a, a great example uh, uh of the wharf jet z relationship i think and how she complimented wharf so well you know in helping him kind of see certain sides of things uh in a, a similar way to deanna troy but in a but in a more like understanding of the culture kind of way in like almost like a picard and a deanna troy put together Okay, uh, Kevin, what do you, yeah. what do you make of this episode? Is this like kind of do you, do you get right into this? Everything with the Klingon stuff. Oh yeah, I, I like this episode because it really shows. Uh, I love that it shows that the Klingons, if they're not killing other people, they're yes. just going to kill each other. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, they How get they like roll. they get like. Um, oh shit! What is it? They get um, Pong Far, but for violence. Yes. <laughs> if they go too yes. long. And then right. they need to celebrate with some good blood wine. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like they're addicted to killing and drinking wine. Yeah. You know, arranged so- to have 15 barrels of blood wine waiting for us in the airlock so that we can celebrate and the first me. victory of the Rotaran over the Jam Handa. <laughs> Jam Handa. <laughs> he really he lays into those lines. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're great. Martok's a great uh, character. Martok is a great character. A great Martok episode. Like, you know, by the end when he asks uh, Worf to join the house, you're like, this is this is solid. This is a good episode. Good installment. Soldier of the Empire. Season 5, episode 21, D-Space 9. Um, you know, he's like, uh, Bashir is giving him shit right off the bat. This is a great, a great opening. Yeah. Him and Bashir. <laughs> yeah, it also it may, really making like Martok feel like he's part of the station, like he's just like Garrick or Rom or any of the other kind of secondary characters who aren't like you know the main core of the station crew, right? But um, yeah, they they go out of their way in this episode, especially at the beginning, like 
Kevin was saying, that they go out of their way to make you feel like Martok is, um, you know, like a friend. You know, like there, there's this whole point here with Bashir where he's like getting the blood on the carpet and they kind of both smile at each other. They really go out of their way in this episode to show you that, yeah, Martok really matters to them. Well, forgive me for boring you. Let me get straight to the point. You're acting like a fool. <laughs> You're acting like a fool. I love that, observation uh, is noted. I love that Bashir is not afraid of him whatsoever either. Like, no, yes. he never yeah. goes. He doesn't call him a coward because that's the worst thing you could do. But and Worf will do that till later on in the episode. Yeah, right. But, but he, yeah. he has no problem just giving him the gears. They got a good di- di- uh, kind of thing going on here. Uh, you know, he's like, well, if you would get like an eye, right? I do not want an artificial eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the lie deliveries in this episode, especially by Martok, are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, like that. You know, I like, do not want an artificial eye. <laughs> and then she's like, well, then you're going to have to live that you have a disability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just like he's just like uh, you know you could have died in this. Uh, uh, the human fascination with what might have been is tiresome. <laughs> it's tiresome. Get over it. You're gonna live or you're gonna die. It doesn't matter. That's what the that's Klingons thing, do. I, I agree that Klingons live in the moment. Like that's right. how they live. They don't. They don't. They they, they like to reminisce, but they don't dwell on the past. You know, yeah, very much so. And they need to like have that heat of the battle sort of in their thing. And so, Jeff, they, they, uh, coming off of like Martok and Bashir, go to the Defiant, where it's you know, Worf working with Nog, right? Uh, what did you think of this? Yeah, I always forget more, uh, Nog's in this episode, but then yeah, he's just like that kind of in between here where Worf's pretending to be a Starfleet guy. And he's like, oh, I didn't expect you. You well, it's not pretending to be a star. Well, like not pretending. Not, I mean, like he—he's. Tr- I think he's trying to kind of hide from our talk. He's unexpected. He's like, oh, I didn't. He kind of walks in on him. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. Well, he's like he's—he's—he's he's, he's fixing up the define. He also where he also lives, and you know he's making Cadet Nog do work. You know, work a Friday night here with Worf fixing something. Right. And uh, also that cadet uniform. He's got those huge pockets on the side, which he uses here. He puts like the tricorder in at one point. Shout out to I thought I, I I thought this the B story of this was going to be that one where uh, where Nog is is trying to get respect from all the Klingons. Do you remember uh, that one? Yeah, but that, I think that's late. Yeah, it comes later. Yeah, it does come later. Yeah, yeah, just, it, he, but, uh, yeah. Here he's like so mad because he's like, okay, we're going to reprogram the whole system from scratch or something, right? You know, and then. Uh, <laughs> Some foreshadowing of that to come, Kevin, with the whole, you yeah. know, uh, cadet, uh, general, and he, they, you get like stuck, he gets stuck in between in there. I guess this is the funny thing little guy with two big tall guys. It's it pretty funny. Him. Like, there's no reason for Nog to be in this episode whatsoever. <laughs> no, <laughs> or in this and, scene. And, and, and wait, is has he been in an episode lately? No, like, no. This is just his. They're announcing that he's back. They threw him in. He's been around for a while, apparently, but you know we haven't seen much of him. So right, like they didn't really have. Like when was the last t- time we had a Nog episode? It seems like a while. 
Um, yeah, it's been a while. Um, he, when him and Jake like moved, I feel like it's last season. I, I don't even yeah. know when it when it was. When he, it feels season. like a long time ago he showed back up. Yeah. But it seems like uh, yeah, it's been a while. Anyway, he has to like squeak by here. He leaves. Um, and there's kind of like a look here. He gives Warf. He's like Frankie, Frankie guy. Come on, but like, and then he's like my arm. The doctor patched me up, uh, and then you know it was Warf. He made the necessary stuff. repairs. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, and then he said humans don't understand the need for excess danger or something. What does he say? Something like that. Yeah, draw uh, blood he, during a training exercise. exercise. Yeah. He's like, and few would, few would. Yeah, says, few would. I do apologize yeah. again for the inconvenience. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious that a, a Klingon was saying that to another Klingon. I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Sorry. You know, he's like, I should have blocked you. That was the whole plan. Like, I did not intend so much damage. So yeah, Worf, they they talk about like this missing battleship, and Worf, he basically he's like, "I give him a bird of prey, go find it," and he wants Worf to be the first officer, right? So I, uh, which will keep this will continue after this episode. Do, do you think it's it's smart to to make it a bird of prey and not like a big like Klingon warship? Um, I think so. In like in terms of like just shooting something smaller, it kind of complements the Defiant well later on. The, you know, mm-hmm. they're kind of similar size. Uh, I think you know I, I would have loved it if they had done like a like a Vorcha battle cruiser or something like that. But the bird of praise though seem to be what they use the most. Oh yeah, it's the most filmed ship yeah. in Star Trek, right? Um, the Rataran, which he'll that will become his flagship even after yeah. he he like really rises back up through the ranks and becomes Chancellor and all that. He he always he always rides on the Rataran. That's his flagship for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, and like Cisco's like, I'm surprised you want to go on this. Why do you want to go on? You know, we just made we just made up with the Klingons like five minutes ago. You know, um, but he's like, I owe I they I get they had that the, the look of Tova Doc. Jeff, Tova are, Doc. You fa- are you familiar? It was a moment of Tova Doc. There's no human There's word no for it. No human word for it. Yeah, it is a moment of clarity between two warriors on a field of battle. Much is said without the need for words. It's basically an acknowledgement on the battlefield when somebody's going to not try and get killed. Yeah, it's like, a look, like yeah, it's like a, you know, and he's like, huh? Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, I had a moment of Tova Doc. I'm going to go and uh, I owe him. Ronald D. Moore, Jeff, writer, LeVar yes. Burden, director. What do you make of like Cisco in this episode? Because like he's just kind of like, you know, like he's a little bit different than Picard, but. I do see similarities in how he handles Worf here with the Klingon stuff. You know, it's very kind of like, all right, you do you, kapla, see you later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think, but I think Cisco is more. Yeah, you go do you. It's fine. Uh, as, as long as someone does your work while you're gone, I don't care. I, you know? I think Cisco's relieved that Worf isn't always asking him to go with him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Picard always would go. Picard's like, we're taking the whole damn ship. <laughs> we're taking the enterprise and we are not you are not going into this this situation without uh, someone watching your back i am the chadich right and you cisco's know, like i got enough fucking problems i'm the emissary i don't got time for this nonsense with your klingon stuff let if dax wants to go with you which she ends up going here but we don't know that part yet right anyway he's just like hey wharf kapla kapla Worf's like uh sure i always thought like Worf's reaction was like okay man 
you know, like Kapla. But yeah, I don't think you really get Kapla like the Chadich did. Just saying. No, he's more, he's like, go play with your prophets. I'll go do this other shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's just like, see you later. The Retarin, the first time we get to see a look at it here, which is, it looks just like uh, Ducat's Bird of Prey, which I think this is just a reuse clip. That will probably come up in fun facts that this was just a reuse of that. But, you know, it's the, the Retarin. Uh, the Bird of Prey from Star Trek, I guess, three ever since, right? That they've been using the ship. Three and four and many other things ever since. Anyway, they talk about everything. Uh, Worf's duties that get split up here. Uh, Bashir's the new intelligence officer. Uh, I think, I can't remember what Kira has to do. She has to do part of his job too. And uh, O'Brien's got to do all the phaser arrays and uh, somebody's, uh, I can't remember what Dax is doing, but. She doesn't end up doing anything. It, it it becomes about the whole conversation with the Klingons, though. Like that, you know, they, they, it's like he's like he's like working with pirates. It's like you kill. It's like, he explains kind of like the Terran Empire kind of hierarchy, but she's like it's not quite like that. You can only go after a superior and only in certain circumstances and whatever. And you know, there's only if there's cowardice. And she's like, they're like cowardice. And she's like, yeah, it uh, it, it it happens. The Klingons are as diverse a people as any. Some of them are strong and some of them are weak. Yeah. But the strong guys walk in. These two who end up being like the bad Klingons. The neck bones. There they are. Yeah. Cardassian neck bones. Okay. This guy gives us, I love this. I'm just going to play the clip for you now because I love this guy's speech from the episode where, uh, you know, it would be, he just explains fighting the, these Cardassians the last few years. The Cardassians have been the bad guys the last couple of years, but now suddenly they're back on the Federation side, right? Two years I spent on the Cardassian border. Two years fighting gulls and legates and glins. They were cunning enemies. Always had us chasing hollow projections and sensor ghosts. Everything was a game with them. Always had a plan within a plan within a plan leading to a trap. It was an honor to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make it like? So, like, you're like, yeah, this is fighting Cardassian. So, it's like fighting Garrick, basically. Like, if you were fighting a, a race full of Garricks, that's yeah. Klingons versus Cardassians. And they see all the Cardassian neck bones. Odo shows up. He's like, I saw these guys. They look like trouble. I'm going to profile them. Follow them around. They're good, Odo. You better do that. Oh, I will, Major. Don't worry. He says, I like that. Uh, anyway, they, they kind of say that Worf better watch his back on this mission. This is kind of like where this whole, like, I think Dax, it then occurs to Dax that she should probably go on this mission. I don't think she was planning to go before this moment. No. Right, Jeff? Yeah, that's probably right. But, Worf, but she does say that she already talked to Cisco and Martok about it, so... Uh, oh, but 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 not before. But we don't. But yeah. So so there's some time, has, much, passed some time has passed here by this next clip when they you know he's walking up to go on the mission and he doesn't know that she's going too and you know he he's not wearing the sash which I always thought was weird because if you're gonna wear it on your Starfleet uniform it's weird to wear it not wear it on your uh, on your Klingon uniform because yeah but he explains it he does explain it but bad explanation I, I feel like he. he yeah, at least for the sash. Yeah, he could take the the son of Moog thing off, and that actually would have been appropriate because he ends up getting the Martok thing anyway later. I don't like that he has to remove the son of Moog one, 
I wish he had taken it off and they explained it here in this part of the episode. It would have been better. I think it would have been more appropriate. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, him in a Klingon uniform, again, strange in some ways. Because of everything. But what's, what is the purpose of the sash? Does he need it when he's wearing a Klingon uniform? Uh, it depends. It's, it's supposed to like hold his little emblem there. That's the only thing it's really for, right? And it's de- to show that he's like a part of the nobility. Oh, okay. I think that's it. I think it's like a royal thing, like, like you, you know, you wear it around your. It's like a like a like a like, it's a, like your house. Like when you win, like uh, you know, a pageant or something, they give you a sash that goes across yeah, you. He's Miss America. He's he's Miss Chronos. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think Kronos. so. It's kind of how I, it works. Miss Chronos. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's like, it's uh, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want, I don't want a long goodbye here. He's like, I don't, can we just like not do this? And, and she's like, oh, fine, fine. She was, I wasn't planning to do that anyway, or something. She says, yeah, yeah, and then she follows him here. He says, I'm the science officer. She completely goes, boom, mic drop. I'm coming too. Love, this, I love I find it. Find this so annoying. I would just turn around and be like, could you fucking just tell me something for once? Like no. just for once. She'll be like, yeah. no, no. I kinda I kinda had the same feeling. I was just like, you know, I was she she likes to do this. She likes to just like decide things and just do them without asking. <laughs> you know? not, not even asking, just not even telling. Like, yeah. let's play this little game where you don't know what's going on. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's the game. Yeah, that's the Dax game. You know? Who is Dax? there's one part here in the bar i think we might have passed that part but kira says dax like four times she goes you know i'm like who is dax uh anyways he's just annoyed he's like i can't believe this like this you know and it's this is why part of the reason i like this relationship i like that they're always like well he doesn't really protest right you expect him to protest but he's like all right Fine. Ah, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he knows it's not worth it. He's not gonna win the. He's not gonna yeah. win that argument. Now, she doesn't put on the Klingon uniform. Why no. not her? She's. That's a good question. Or she could have wore something like Trill that would have been cool to her character. You know, she wore I mean? the Klingon uniform when she went on the mission with Kang and Koloth and all them, right? Or Did kind she? of a version of it, you know, at least a civil uh, thing. She does like the whole boo here. She like scares them. <laughs> Yeah, and then we meet this woman, the, the the engineer, woman Klingon. Yeah, she was all right. Yeah, yeah, I did mind her in the episode. I thought she was like pretty good, actually. For like, uh, there was lots of good like ther- you know tertiary characters here in this episode on the crew, where you're just like they're they're barely in the show, but they they make an impact. You feel like you know the ship a little bit. Yeah. By the yeah. end of this, and like who's on it, right? Like there's a few, there's a few officers, and it's kind of like it's like uh, you don't we we haven't had too many episodes from a Klingon ship's point of view, right? Before this, is has there been one before this? Um, no, not I don't. that I can remember. No. So it's it's a it's a Klingon ship. How does a Klingon ship out operate? How is it different than a Starfleet vessel? I think that's really what they're trying to go for here. He's like, where is the where is the the deed, uh, like the record of battles or whatever, well, right? You got to like bring up this this computer pad. We had the one where uh, Riker was the 
first officer of that's, the Klingon. Okay, staff. yeah, that's like the well, he's the exchange officer. Yeah, right. So this, this is kind of like a little bit of a, a spiritual sequel to that. And you know, this ship's had a rough time lately, Jeff. They they haven't won any battles. No, they're, they're down in the dumps. I they're love this for... battle of record, and then Worf just shitting on them. I don't oh, yeah. need to be told, or I don't need. You, uh, oh, here it is. A list it is clear to me that none of you are worthy of my blood or my life, but I will stand for you. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you suck. I hate your guts, but I will fight for your right to be that way. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then Martok shows up, like what's the what's the cat? You know, he's you know, he's back in a Klingon ship. Um he gets the record and he's like like we see kind of like the ceremony of taking command of a Klingon vessel. And what are you supposed to do here while this crew is a little bit what's, depressed? What's this guy's name again? The old guy that's kind of like was that Leskit, yeah. Leskit. Yeah. yeah, he's a, he's kind of like a big character in this episode because he's like the main driving antagonizing force that's like, you know, making them. He's the crazy guy that everyone's like, yeah, he's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like the leader of like the doubters. He's like the doubting Thomas on the like the guy who's always like, I all right, whatever, sir. But then you know, the second that this guy has a chance to turn on you, he will. I do not like your tone. I do not like your tone. I apologize. He has no backbone. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but his mean. tone still sucks after that. Yeah. No, it doesn't get any better at all. Murdoch's not impressed. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, what? Sorry. I totally didn't mean it. And he's like, get, let's get going. And then he does like the whole like uh, engage, Jeff. Uh, Makcha. 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 We see them go to warp. But then he uses engage later in the episode, and I'm like, yeah. well, that's bullshit. He should have said mock char again. He says it later on the song. Okay, and then we get the first version of the song. It's just Worf and Dak hitting guys. You want the translation? Yeah, what's it mean? It means here. Okay. Uh, here, sons of Kalis, here, daughters too. The blood of battle washes clean, the warriors brave and true. We fight, we love, and then we kill. Our lives burn short and bright. Then we die with honor and join our fathers in the black fleet where we will battle forever battling on through the eternal fight. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds better in, in its, in its original Klingon. <laughs> yeah. You, it, it's, it's better in the original Klingon. Um, and then like, we see the, the officer's mess uh, where Dax beats the hell out of this guy. Just to show don't you mess with, don't you sit in my chair. Get out of my seat. Get out of my chair, you know. Yeah, she she's she's whooping ass. To, you know, she she wants to be a Klingon more than Worf does. It's very clear. Oh yeah, <laughs> one of her one of her pips falls off here, Jeff. Um, yeah. And so she looks like a lieutenant junior grade right now. Jeff. It's true. But then, yeah, what is it? She doesn't like these. Uh, 
like some sort of the food that they're eating. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's not fresh enough or something. Dude, Bach rat river liver or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. it's all gross sounding. And then uh, all the, gross looking too. Gross looking. Yeah, that's going on food. Not a delicacy. She's got the booze though. She brought three b- barrels of blood wine, Kevin. Yeah, and they were very excited. Yeah, he went three according, I think it was. He, he has three blood. three barrels. Yeah, this guy like three barrels, really. He totally drunk. He's like, okay, this food sucks, but get myself some of that wine. And then like Martok's like reading like the he's like it's all these discipline problems and how the morale is really low. And they kind of know that this is an issue on the ship. Oh, I yeah. love this. What it, it, one of his big complaints is lack of aggression. <laughs> <laughs> this reads like a criminal list. <laughs> yeah. They expect defeat. That's they expect to lose. Every time they go, it's like it's like going up against the guy and any say it's darts and you're like, he this guy just thinks he's gonna lose and then he just does, you know? That's the return. Right. And then we kind of go back to this 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 scene here with Dax and back in the mess hall and they're all drinking here, but they're starting to like talk about um the like Martok, right? And facts. Sorry, I have the transcript. What, what's it? What's what happened? I'm trying to remember this part of the episode exactly. What? Um, oh, they call him like the one-eyed giant or something like that. And then uh, there's another scene going on at the same time where Worf and Martok are talking, and he, you know, Martok's like, "You have my back, man," and he's like, "Yeah, of course, of course." <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> like, "Good, I, I knew I could count on you." There's you know? like that whole scene's going on at the same time. Then, yeah, Dax is Dax is like chilling right with everybody else though. Like she's, she's learning of, the crew. That's her whole. She's idea. doing. She's a better first officer than Worf. Yeah, she, sure. she she pretty much points it out. Like I said, like she wants to be a Klingon more than Worf does. Worf wants to like be in positions of power and making decisions. And, she tells know. Worf how to be the first officer. The Vikings of Star Trek, the Klingons. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of Viking um, traits, like raiding and, you know, just the way that, like, they view the afterlife and everything is, there is definitely a lot of um, similarities to Vikings with Klingons. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to see that the, he, this guy, the guy who has no sleeves, uh, he's like, we're cursed. The ship is cursed. Cornyn. Cornyn, yeah. Who, like, is having um, depression issues in this episode. Yeah, I thought that actually, you know what, as much as this is kind of silly, it's it's actually, um, it makes you think about like, oh yeah, like, like even the Klingons who thirst for for battle can can be affected by war. Even though like, he's not dead. Like you think like, you know, well, I'll just die in battle if I don't win, uh, you know, but it's, no, they, they, they do retreat. Like we find out that they're not, they're not like these, like they're all super brave and they don't want to die and they're all kamikaze. Like it's just, it's not true. Like that they have some, they're trying to sort of get by and do as well as they can, you know? And yeah. so Dax is recognizing this thing. They have this chance here, Jeff, to take out the, uh, the Jemadar ship, right? The, the first time when they're under cloak. Yes. And ultimately, um, you know, Martok lets it go. Right, and I guess the point of the episode is that Martok was wrong in this instance. And this is he was kind of right to so as much doubt. As no, he, he was he was right the whole time, but the circumstance of the crew needed this. 
but it yeah. wasn't the right moment until later. I think actually everything Mark Talk does is the correct decision throughout this episode. And it always turns up in his favor. Like it's oh, of course, you know, like like yeah, this instance where he doesn't attack this Gemini ship because he's right. If he does, then a bunch of other Gemini ships would have swarmed down on them and they never would have got to the what's it, the mock choy or whatever it is, right? what's the the Bamoth or Bamoth. The Bamoth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh guess we have we, we we have we have a uh... attention soldiers of the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Davin. Welcome. Do you say it's 99 ish? You are full screen. Kapla. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who is this? It's Gowrod, son of Gowrod. Oh. oh, it's not Davin. It's Gowrod, son of Gowron. You're the son of Gowron? Wolf. Yes. <laughs> Wolf. I am of Wolf and Martok. Yes. <laughs> and then sing. We're going to sing. I'm here to say ah, it is good to see you. <laughs> oh, papa. Teach I only met him twice by the time I was ten. And you thought Dave, Wolf well, was a bad father. <laughs> what do you all right, uh, let me ask you at this moment, Garrod, son of Garron, what do you make mm. of Worf making the the transition from the Moog house to the Martok house? Both minor houses, I must say. Um, <laughs> but it's a good change. I mean, why why stay with a disgraced house? And he traded up. Is what yeah. Do you think that Martok should have attacked this Jem'Hadar ship in the episode, uh, Galrod? Well, you never run from battle. <laughs> no, I agree. They should have attacked it. Like, but Dax thinks so. She says it later on in the episode. You know, she's like, this is not a Federation starship. This is a, a Klingon bird of prey. We're, this is what we should have, uh, we could have had uh, an easy win here. Um, X is a good thing. Federation starship. This is a Klingon bird of prey. But, what, but Garrod, what if you are under explicit orders from the Klingon High Council, your father, the <laughs> uh, you know, do you follow those orders over avoiding battle? You could legally kill the council for that order. I believe they should have turned around, killed the council, and then flew back. The council's decree was uh, dishonorable from from yes. the uh, inception. So lacked courage. Lacked courage. Lacked courage. It was an illegal order. Hmm. It Never was following it... an illegal order. Fight like a Klingon. <laughs> so you would say it was not a prudent decision to avoid attacking this Gemini ship. I would say it wouldn't matter if it was a prudent decision. But what matters is, is it a glorious decision? <laughs> oh, Gavrod, you are a chip off the old block. Uh, it would be a glorious adventure. Um, Dave, uh, yeah. what do you make of basically like who do you agree with more here do you agree more with the dax of it all like we need to get this crew going they need to be able to sing the songs because right now they they're in the dumps and not even blood wine is helping them it's making them crazier actually um you know yeah, so should they have a, should they have attacked that jet ship or is Worf and martok right where that's not their mission 
And that's not the most heroic thing. Like, they need to go save the people from that ship. Worf wanted to attack it, too. No, he's only going along with Martok because, like, Martok's is, like, you know, a guy he looks up to and he, like, he feels like he owes him because he, they had a moment of uh, whatever uh, it was called. Tova Doc, right? Tova Doc. Uh, Tova Doc. Yeah. Yeah. See, it was Kevin, a moment I mean, of Tova Doc. Ke- Kevin, do you, do, do you kind of see it my way here? With I do, but they they also you depends on what problem or what you think is more of a problem, either getting to the Bamoth or the ship actually like the crew actually tearing each other to pieces. Right. right. Martok yeah. doesn't care about the crew though. The he decks will be dripping with blood, <laughs> she says later on. If you think the blood looks bad on my uniform, wait until the decks are dripping with it. Little does like, Dax know the Dax look amazing dripping in blood. They have a real shine to them, I guess. Um, okay. Uh, with Okay, I here's my defense for Martok. I think he's right as a captain. Like, you know, not doing the foolish thing and going off. Like, he, he says it. Going off and, like, having, like, some sort of bloodlust for no reason. Like, he... he Actually, I think he's right as a captain. To... You think it was the tactical decision? Like the, yes. Playing the I... long game. Yes, because know. they ended up finding the ship they were looking for. And if he hadn't done that, if he had attacked that Geminar ship, he is right that there would have been multiple more Geminar ship coming after him. He probably would have tried to avoid them for days. They never find this ship, and then they all, all those people die. Like, it was the correct decision. That's it all doesn't I'm matter if the, the whole crew ends up dying because of bad morale and uh, bad like, morale matters more. Like to than... this crew, that that that's the thing about the Klingon ships is they got different priorities. Being Klingon, your deeds yeah. must bring glory to the Empire and your house. Yeah, but you yeah. end up in a minor house like these, these two. Yeah, well, like a like uh, Martok, who's from the Kefa Lowlands, <laughs> right? He's just a Kefa, Kefa Lowlander. <laughs> I drank once in the Kefa Lowlands. That's about it. <laughs> Don't idea. remember much. Lots of blood wine, I imagine. Yeah. Had they had enough blood wine, they would have attacked that ship. Do they all talk like Martok in um, uh, in there? You know. Yes, and in fact, they all have one eye. Right. <laughs> I would like to avoid a fight with the Jemadar. Yeah, they tried. They tried to give him um, uh, a new eye in the in the thing here, but he he won't uh, go for it. Or is no, because he's from the Catalans. He's just like I was an outcast. Now I can go home. I do not want an artificial eye. <laughs> nor would I nor would I blood, blood wine I... blood wine is openly served on, yes. on duty Gowron, Gowrod um, you know you can Dax brought all this wine which you just you, know, you, you scoop it up it looks like fruit juice Jeff I think it probably is you know like it's probably grape juice do you think it, they... but do you think it's actually like made from blood or do you think it's made from some kind of plant well, I've always wondered with like in the Klingon culture, is it actually blood or is it like just that's just what they call it? It's actually just wine, or is it, you know? I so never, that was just the question I just asked you. I know, yeah. but well, Gavron, son of Gavron, what is blood wine? There is no blood in blood wine. 
<laughs> that would be a. They would consume a lot of blood. A lot of. <laughs> like they're like van. They're like vampires. <laughs> no, it's made from some kind of a of a, of a juice. Okay, and so. But apparently, it doesn't taste very hard in alcohol. Yeah, it doesn't taste too good. I'm told. The twenty three fourteen yeah. that they were drinking doesn't, but a twenty three oh nine. There is no finer vintage. No finer vintage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and like, there's this whole this scene here. Uh, there's this whole thing about what you know the two years they spent fighting the Cardassians. We, we well, I don't think we need to play the whole clip again. But uh, you know, he just glens and glams and all these kinds of guys. Uh, Dave where, Dennis has a question, a point here. He says he's Odin with the one eye. It is Martok a little bit Odin esque. Would you say, so. Kevin? Yeah, Kevin. sort of. He's kind of like Worf's dad. <laughs> Yeah, who banished kinda... his son to Earth? Same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's a retelling of the same fable, hmm? right? Okay. Uh, All right. So, what do we make of this scene, though, Dave? Like, where they're in the yeah, the drink of the blood wine, and he is going off on the he's the crazy old guy on his stump, you know. Yeah, well, he's like, uh, we're, you know, uh, Martok's afraid of them. He's got issues. He's a coward. We're cursed. Like, you know, and he, uh, and this guy, I love this guy. He's like, how could you say these things? Like, <laughs> you know, amazing. So, some of the acting in this episode is so bad, it's good. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. How could yeah. you say these things? He's like, because you know it's true. You or know something. it's true. He's like, you better watch it. And then this guy, he's like, it's always the quiet ones. You always got to watch out for the quiet ones. You know, because all of a sudden, like, these two are, are, are arguing. And he, she's like saying, shut up, shut up. And then he, like, just kind of, like, uh, loses it and goes out of, from out of nowhere. Wait, look at Dax here. She's like, I'm getting yeah. the hell out of here. Yeah, she's like, eh, this isn't my scene. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, like, he's just trying to stop him from attacking him, right? And then the, he starts choking him out, and he's like, he's got blood all over him, and Dax just phasers them. So then, uh, she had her Starfleet phaser. I think that's why she couldn't wear it. She had to wear it. Yeah, maybe. He's covered know. in blood in the next scene, when she runs into warfare. Yeah, even though she wasn't anywhere near him. Well, I guess she was helping carry him. Maybe. It looks like her, t- her uniform is also like, a little torn now. It looks like she's been through more of a battle. I feel like something more happened that was cut out. Yeah, maybe like a deleted scene. Yeah. Uh, Jet Jetzir says, like, you know, like, we, you need to tell, get, do something about this Martok situation. He's like, you need to back off. Not, don't, you, don't you be slagging on Martok. She's like, I'm trying to warn you. And I am trying to warn my superior that a dangerous situation is developing and that he'd better do something about it. They must have ran out of wine. Yeah. Three barrels doesn't go that far. No. I mean, they got, they needed 15 barrels when they got back for the celebration when they got back. Yeah. So when he says, get me into the Catholics, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Well, uh, so like when they when he says three barrels, even though they have no blood wine, I always thought that he meant like, oh wow, three barrels—that's a lot. But he's actually kind of gone, oh, three barrels, maybe, maybe two maybe days, two a- days. All right, two days of drinking. 
You know, they're really alcoholics at the end of the day. They're clear. <laughs> yes. Clear, clear. They, they like to they, sing and drink. You know, the, they're the Vikings. <laughs> like, they uh, are a lot like the Jemadar where they need to catch us all white. The Klingons need the blood wine. And the music. They got the music and they got the, the, the drinking right. and, and everything else. Uh, I, I do like this whole scene here with Worf and Jed Zier where he, Worf is clueless. Like I said, like how, how she compliments him. And this is almost like like a Jed Zia episode in a lot of ways, right? I do not understand. No, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. Uh, the crew needs a leader. This crew needs a leader. Someone who will remind them of their duty as soldiers of the Empire. Or I promise you they will explode. It will it not come to that. Someone from House of Galron. I, I mean, it is all she can kind of do is, like, get Worf to do it because she's not a Klingon. She's a, tr- a Trill, you know? Like, she... She, she, her voice only carries so much weight on a Klingon ship, right? Like, you know, they, 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 they derogate the, they say she's the great Dax. Things. Like, they give her a lot of credit just because she's Dax at, at the beginning. But when they want to dismiss her, they go, Oh, the trill, and you're in his bed. And they say all these different things to her throughout this episode. Yeah. And she's like, You want my three barrels of blood wine? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's definitely, I like, think she's like totally gets that guy. She's like, yeah, but my, your bed's empty uh, by, by on purpose. Yeah. There's no one, no one would uh, go near you. No, she shines throughout the whole episode, I would say. It's probably Dax's best yeah. episode to date, I would say. To date. That's, that's something pretty good here. And, you know, and she gives like this great warning here about, you know, you, the, the you guys already played it. But... If you think the blood looks bad on my uniform, wait until the decks are dripping with it. She just walks out on him there. You know? Yeah, you know she practiced that line because it's a good one. You know, yeah. like, she's like, when I see Worf, I'm gonna say, if you think this blood looks bad, you know, she was working on it, right? Worf truly Klingon, he would also like the blood on her uniform. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's right. Worf, Worf acts very Starfleet though, even in, in these situations when he's just with all his his peeps, right? I think uh, like like with Worf throughout the whole series with Worf, Dave, he has this thing where. Yes, he's very proud of his culture, but when it comes to like duty and like what he's supposed to do, all you like operations wise, he is a lot like a Starfleet officer. He he was raised by humans. Like he's not. I feel like his Klingon heritage is just like something he goes and visits. But it's you know you know what I mean. Like he right. I feel like the years on the Enterprise established all that. Right. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and. What's this, what's the nature of this scene here? Where she this gives him a the, warning. They have a chance to go into battle, and he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he brings guards up to the bridge, and Martok walks out. And oh yeah, like, the engineer the order. And so the guy she phased <laughs> her that the guy that that guy he was choking was is her like Parmakai, her boyfriend. The guy who was like, "How could you say these things?" That's the, <laughs> yeah. her boyfriend. I only figured no, that out. That in this, I've seen this episode many times. Yeah, yeah, that's the boyfriend that she's happy about because he's the big later guy, not on. the guy who goes, Why do you say these things? Yeah, that's her boyfriend. No, no. her boyfriend's yes. the taller guy. No. no way. I always thought so too until this no. viewing. No, he's not. This guy? <laughs> that guy is her boyfriend. No, he's not. I always thought so he too. Is. No. What's You're the wrong. line? Hold on. We got to look this up. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong. Uh, how could you say these things? No one would date. How that could guy. you say these things? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I even tells him to go to his station because she's his parmakai. 
And he listens uh, to that, her. He says, no, I think, I think Dave's right because uh, Dax no. says to the lady in this episode, is Orkton your Parmakai? Or Orkton, yeah. Or Talkin. And this guy's name is Cornin. Cornin, yeah. So that's, yeah, it's what? not the same, right. Yes, but, I know. It blew my mind today when I figured this out. <laughs> how could you say these how things? How could you Dave? say these things? This guy. I this episode just dropped a point in my Where is that guy? Hold on. I don't want to go back too far, but um they have the chance to go after this and like Martok says no, right? And then he has to defend it to warfare. Yeah. Hold on. I have to go get that. Severe discipline. Severe discipline. Whatever he says when he's like if anyone disobeys him. Yeah, or uh, subject to discipline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hold, hold on, let me just pull. I want. I want to get that. Why? How did you just say? You say these things. <laughs> just, just leave it for a bit. Okay. Actually, there is a part here where Martok is talking to Worf in his ready room, where and he starts talking about the Jemadari, and it reminded me so much of First Contact with Picard and the Borg with Martok and the Jemadar, where it's like, you do not know them like I know them. You know, he starts getting into his whole spiel about the Jemadar. Yeah. Um, and and I, feel, I felt like it was the same thing. It was the same playbook as First Contact with the Borg, and it works. It, it really, because he's tortured by it, and he, you know, he knows them better, and he knows what to do, and you trust him, and it's just, like, that's why I like this episode so much, because even though they kind of put Martok in, like, the, oh, they're the guy you have to overthrow throughout the episode, you're on his side, actually more so than Dax and Worf, I feel like, that's how I felt watching the episode. Davin, do you see it that way, or Garrod, son of Garrod, do you, do you, do you trust Martok? No. <laughs> He's derelict in his duties, Perhaps he would make a fine Starfleet captain, but this is not how you lead a star or a Klingon vessel in a okay. war of all times. But it's kind of like it's a it's 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 not really a full fledged war yet. To the Klingons, it is a full fledged war. <laughs> okay. Um, now it's got. It. How can you say these things? How could you say these? <laughs> uh, okay. I don't, I rarely pull it in the middle of a show, but like it's uh, this was this was necessary. I feel like it's like one of the sound my new favorite sounds. Terrible. Um, yeah. So that that'll be a good sound for. How can you say these things? <laughs> <laughs> How can you say these things? You're gonna have to pull that out on Enterprise. For Jody. <laughs> I never disagree with Jody. I'll be like, "How can you say these things?" <laughs> He'll be like, "Oh, she sucks this episode. How can you say these say things?" These things. <laughs> I didn't really like the Paul in this episode. <laughs> Hold on, you know. Oh, How can you say these things? Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> this episode is filled with sound bites for me, just because when when they're doing Klingons, they have to emphasize every sentence. So, Mardok is so good at this, right? Yeah. The reason that I have only one eye, but I can see more clearly than anyone around me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is it? 
They take no pleasure in what they do. Nothing is glorified. Nothing affirmed. Yeah, these Jebedar. They want to destroy us, Worf. I won't let them destroy us, Worf. You cannot let them destroy us, Worf. He goes into this whole spiel. They're soulless creatures. Have no purpose. Nothing glorified. Nothing affirmed. Nothing affirmed, you know. They take no pleasure in what they do. Nothing is glorified. Nothing affirmed. (laughs) Nothing affirmed. (laughs) Nothing. It, he is so good in this. To me, this episode is a Martok episode. You know, <laughs> he's just, it's a it's lot so of much. episodes. It's like a lot. Like it's a great, it's a great melding of like this whole other wing. Because you had like the Ferengi episode we came off last week, and now we have this whole like Klingon group, right? You know, yeah. under like the umbrella of the station. And, and and this is what I was trying to say last night, Kevin, on our D Space our Enterprise podcast. I was like, D Space Nine is so. Uh, rich in like yeah. what it will do with its characters and the places it will go with it, and it's like got a and, deep bench of characters. Yeah, yeah. It, and Next Gen did too because you know I had Data's the Android and Worf's the Klingon, and like they could go a lot of different ways with theirs too. But um, I thought that uh, this was like the best they ever. And with Enterprise, it's like no, everybody, we don't even want to show you the chef. You yeah. know, he'll just be an off-screen character. We're not gonna get an actor to play him. You know, it's just like come on. Um, <laughs> well, I think with like um, Deuces Nine, it's they. This is an episode that's on a different species ship, not nowhere near the station. You know, yeah. So it's really interesting that way because you you couldn't do that even with TNG or Voyager because you're always on that ship. That ship is always that ship place. is such the center of it, but the station's so different. That's why this show. It's the only space station show of the star, of the Star Treks, and I would love if they did another space station show, like I did, yeah. not the not Deep Space Nine, a sequel to that, but something new, uh, because I think like that's why I love Babylon Five. I know you guys love, you know, it's a, it's not your cup of tea, but it's another space station show and had a lot of strengths that this show had too, um, and so they that's why part of the reason it I has like station. It has station and like a lot of different characters, a lot of different <laughs> races and everything else kind of overlapping, right? Okay, um, so Dave, they find the Bamoth. Yeah, it's a Katinga class ship. Yeah, looks like an old ship, but okay. Yeah, looks looks yeah, like an old style Katinga class D seven, old style. Uh, yeah, so they you know they get all set up you know to do what they want to do and transporters and all the different things. And get the get get the doctors ready. Everyone scramble. Um, luckily, there's only 35 survivors because this bird of prey could only handle so many survivors off of that much bigger ship. Yeah, right. That's why the bird of prey doesn't make as much sense. But you know, all right, <laughs> I get why they used it. They're light and uh, nimble. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they have a cloaking. They have a, like, like that cloak, and so with the cloaking device, like a bird of prey, you know, not being the most powerful ship, but the fact that it can, you know, it's fast and. You know, it can just get get in and out quickly. Check things out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what what ends up happening here is Martok decides against helping it out because he asks where it is. Is it on? And it's on the other side of the Cardassian border. So he presumes that there's like four Jemadar ships just cloaked or whatever waiting in the wings, right, ready to swoop down. It's a trap, you know. And yeah, he's probably it's a trap. right. He's probably right, 
you know he's, but it doesn't matter he has to try to save them like all the entire right. crew agrees like everybody and he, he has no evidence says, of any of the things he keeps saying he's just like oh but right. there's probably Jemadar everywhere he's just seeing right and Worf is getting well, Worf's like, oh, don't have cloaks no Jemadar don't have cloaks he's like um he, you know he, like Worf's like we have to go in the, the high council will understand it's fine you know, and he's like, no, what if, you know, because he's spooked and like he know he needs basically what all Worf needed to do was like throw him into the shower, like DePaul did with Archer on the Enterprise episode we had going last night. Singular. Great episode. Yeah. You guys liked that uh, one, right? Yeah, we did like it a lot. We did, yes. All yeah. Right. Um, and uh, it was one of the, the better ones. And, you know, and so, but instead, Worf has to have a fight to the death with him. That's just how Klingons roll. That's what it takes here in order to get, was Martok, Martok is not. I think if Martok would look at himself objectively, you know, mm -hmm. and I think he, by the end of the episode, he has kind of realized how, why he was sort of in the wrong here and how he was being too prudent, Jeff. Right. You know, you, you gotta to take listen. a risk. You gotta listen to it. Yeah, was prudent. That's right. Work just needs to make the bloodlust. What's that? Yeah. So Worf just needs to reignite his bloodlust. Right. Yeah, He's well, like, I'm I, gonna have to kill. He, he knows that they might come to death. He might have to kill Martok in the end here, under the under the, if the circumstances don't go perfectly. Uh, and and Dax is like, yeah, you have to. I back you up. She know she he might die here, and she knows that that's kind of. I also like that about this their relationship is that most other Starfleet officers would be like, or his friends or whatever, you know, on the enterprise would be like, no, you can't like risk your life for this. Like, this is dumb. This is a, just a, a, like a, a thing where you should have a, a, like a Starfleet officer wouldn't necessarily get, it, but Dax gets it. Dax gets Worf and his culture and gets this whole sort of like why the Klingons are the way they are. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And she, yeah, she's definitely the one pushing him because she knows that the crew needs to getting energized. Yeah, you know, and Martok isn't doing it because he doesn't care about the crew. He's he's too focused on the Jemadar for sure. He's in his own head and he's in his own way, you know. But he yeah. uh, and he is being too prudent with things, you know. Uh, and, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, uh, so with with that, you know, that's kind of when they decided to go. You know, yeah, they fight to the death or whatever, and he stabs him, and War falls down, and Dax takes care well, of first, him. Well, first, first, these guys try to like, like, to get the jump on Warf here, right? Oh, right, yes. They're like, hey, Warf, they're trying to mutiny against him, so they, I guess, so they can get to Martok, right? Daddy mm -hmm. here, and so these, 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 these are these are all the bad Klingons, and but Warf gets she she presses the button here. And then, like the cavalry shows up. It's it's the boy, the Parmak guy, the engineer, Davin Galrod. How could you say these things? Yeah. How could you say these things? <laughs> He's like, how could you say these things? Are you under arrest? <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah Worf then does the talent. Worf's like, yeah, we have. I'm, I'm going in. We're going in on this mission, and you're you're you know. We you're, we got to get you here, right? Um, this. Did you guys like this fight? I mean, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's whatever. You know, they kind of just wrestle a lot, and then one guy gets stabbed. Some of uh, it was pretty good. What about the sparks? Look, boom. Yeah, 
Neat. It's okay, given their low birth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, they use yeah. the music effectively throughout these fight scenes. It's very classical, and you know they, they get the horns going. And it's you know very Shakespearean, and like they're all right. they're all like watching and cheering on. Well, all they're you know while well, they should be rescuing the other ship. But do you think they wanted to do like a battle fight here? But they were like, no, it doesn't make sense. It's too small of a room. It's gonna too be a small, knife fight. Yeah. You know. Uh Worf seems to get he draws first blood, and if you know, he's got the crowd uh going. They go even you can see how can you say these things there. How can you say these things? <laughs> he's right back there. <laughs> but then at that moment, you know, Bartok has like a second wind here and goes out of I think Worf loses this fight sort of on purpose. Yes, he does. Yes, they yeah. say that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Okay, that's why I thought it. And so <laughs> I thought it was interesting that when Martok won, they all started cheering for Martok. He yeah. proved himself as a Klingon. Yeah. But is that how it works? Like, like yes. it does he have to kill yes. Worf? Doesn't he have doesn't he have to kill Worf? Not like but, just like stab him lightly. But it seems No, you can incapacitate. Yeah, this but was this was good enough. Because he got, mm -hmm. he just basically gives him like a flesh wound. Right, but it seemed like they were cheering Worf on, did it not? Up until this moment. Yeah, they then, they just jump on the winner bandwagon. Right? Yeah, yeah, whoever's the winner, that's how that's Klingon glory. They're just yeah. like, oh, you won. Okay, good, you. You got the glory. You're the cool one. Yeah, you're top dog now. <laughs> hmm? Okay. So does that, the glory. To, the glory to be train. Chancellor Ga Galrod, you just have to be the best fighter when you have to be? Because anybody could challenge you for if they're just the best hand-to-hand exactly. like, -hand fighter. Right. Father Gowron threw Worf on his ass. <laughs> Gowron might not be the best fighter, but he'd probably be the craziest fighter. He would just be <laughs> Who wins in a fight? A smart guy or a crazy guy? Yeah, a crazy guy. Crazy. Yeah. Guy. I'll fight dirty. Right. So this, this this fight also helps Martok like find his like you know it's almost like he's like comes out of it right, and they're all they're cheering for him. Martok, Martok. Yeah. And they start singing the song because I love that's my favorite part of this episode. So when Dak's like, "Let's get you to the medical bay," and he goes, "Wait,", wait. <laughs> just the way he goes, "Wait," and they they watch and they all start singing again. It's, it's are we singing the song now? Yeah. Oh, oh we are singing the song. The second here's the, the second version. They sang it slow. The slow version. Okay. Or yeah, the so House of Gowron version. Yeah, it's that 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 that, that, that version that goes on for forty five seconds, and then we don't even get to yeah. see the battle. The, the House of Gowron version, at least sixty beats per minute. Yeah, it's just a it's just a draw. That's like the brilliant thing is that there's no action in this episode at all. You know, between the ships, you don't see the fight at all. Uh, we come back here. One. Bashir has become the temporary intelligence officer while um, well, Worf's been away. 
right? And I, I like, I like how uh, O'Brien asks him here. How's the intelligence business? Oh, I can't talk about it. All I can do is read these fascinating reports and analyses and analyses of analyses, and then keep it all to myself because no one else has a need to know. And I, this, this is this was my, but this was my favorite part where he says, uh, "You don't care, do you? You don't really care, do you? No." No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really care, do you? No. Uh, anyway, the retardant shows up. He's like, we got wounded. Uh, we need to beam people right to sick bay. Julian Bashir bolts for that. Uh, he's like, great. Warp's back. I'm not the intelligence officer anymore. I can do go back to doctoring. And I already played it here. If I, you know. Arranged to have 15 barrels of blood wine waiting for us in the airlock so that we can celebrate. The first victory. Of the Rotaran over the Jamhandar. I love that they're just going to party in the airlock. Yeah, <laughs> we will drink in the airlock. Oh, we beat those Jamhandar. Party, party. <laughs> yeah. so, not, so I guess they don't have to deal with Odo, like trying to arrest them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So uh, we see some of, the, some of them are down here at Quarks, like playing Dabo and we're drinking, right? Too. Wasn't it last episode where Mark talked through a guy off the top? They said he know? did. They said oh, he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah for, for a breach of discipline, you know. Breach of discipline, yeah. And Warp's just like, he was fine. He was fine. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't die. So yeah. it was all good. He was not injured. He yeah. was not. He was not permanently <laughs> injured. It was. A, it was a matter of discipline. Um, and you know, he, I, I do like, like the fact that these two come back together so quickly that Martok's like, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I was, uh, thing. I'm glad you challenged me. We had a minute, we had a moment of Tova doke. Um, you know, you, you did the same, you did it for me once as well. So like the debt is paid. He asked him a great question where he goes, how did you know that I would not kill you when I stabbed you? He, you know, he says, I didn't. I yeah, yeah, he had so he had faith. He had faith. He he. It's almost like he believed in Martok, right? And I guess that's why Martok like also gets it here. He's like, this guy believed in me so much that he was willing to like let me kill him, or almost go way too far before like you know he stepped in and told me we have to do this, right? So sometimes captains really respect that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and, and, and then Martok's we get the like, yeah, we get the transfer where he takes off the the Moog family crest and it's just how it works you can just join another family yeah you can just join how does that work right well there's, there's the house of Marduk would be honored to welcome the son of Moog into our family as a warrior and as a brother both he's got dual status or but what well, the other one is like basically Aki in Klingon, in the Klingon Empire, basically, right? No Moog. No Moog. He takes off the Moog. Out with the Moog, in with the Martok. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like an upside-down M-looking thing. They have a handshake here. They go, so, like, so a W. Yeah, so like I, these two are like solid now, right? Like, you know, I, I always liked this when Worf got like a new house and he was he had some, some kind of a status within... Um, uh, the Empire again. He wasn't a complete outcast. Just like how Quark kind of got his business license back recently, and Odo yeah. got his changeling abilities back. They, you know, they like they love to take this away and then give it back to the characters. So this was dwarfs. Yep. And they cleaned it up in like three straight episodes. You know, <laughs> like they really yeah. did. Right. Uh, and that. Yeah, that's it uh, for that one. Um, 
I have to do up. fun facts. I have to bring it up. Sorry, one second. <laughs> um, but it is a good episode. Like I, I really enjoy the whole Klingon part of it all. I wish they had done it even more. Like, cause it's it's um fascinating. Do you ever get to see it? Like, especially in all the Kirk stuff and how does the alien ship really operate? And you actually get to see it in this episode. So yeah, I think, I think that's a win. They sing a lot. They sing a lot. They drink. They're alcoholics, basically. At the end of the yeah. Oh, this one's about a Klingon who eats his own hand. Yeah, play it. It's Klingon acid punk. No? No. Asian Tafe Deja E. Okay, so we have our fun facts. All right. All right. This episode, as Dave mentioned, was directed by LeVar Burton. Uh, you know, obviously, he was Jordy. Okay, in the documentary, what we leave, what we left behind, which is like the documentary of, of um, Deep Space Nine, Michael Dorn. Yes. All right. Oh, yes. Michael Dorn revealed that this episode and Once More Unto the Breach were his two favorite episodes out of all of his of his appearances, both on Deep Space Nine and TNG. He called both episodes Shakespearean in their scope. Once More yeah. Under the Breach is better though. Right. Okay. Worf loves Worf, Worf loves uh, his Klingon. Uh... My Klingon operas. Yeah. <laughs> the Warriors and the Lota. It's the Warriors anthem first heard in the CD-ROM adventure. Star Trek Klingon, which also featured J.G. Hertzler, uh, though not as Martok. Uh, he enters Star Trek canon in this episode. Right. Um, this is the second episode of Star Trek to be set primarily aboard a Klingon ship after A Matter of Honor from TNG, eight years earlier. Yeah, and it, it wasn't as... Uh, this was much better, I think. Uh, the IK, IKS Rotaran makes its first appearance in this episode. The Rotaran reappeared as Martok's command ship in Sons and Daughters before being replaced by the IKS Chitang in Once More Into the Breach. The oh, Rotaran, I, I thought he had the Rotaran right till the end. Yeah, the Rotaran know. reappears in Tackling Into the Wind. Oh, so he like gets a new ship for like a minute and then gets goes back to the Rotaran? No, so, then he gets another one. Then he gets a... It's not a bird of prey. He gets a... Um... Negvar class. Yeah, well, you think he would, the, um, he would command a battle? The, oh, he gets the Bortus. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, no start date is given in this episode, but Worf makes a combat log on the 53rd day of the year of Kalos 999. Note that Klingon years do not match standard Terran years. Okay. Noted. So it's the year 999 to them. Yes. Well, I guess Klingon no, year 99. doesn't even necessarily match other Klingon years. So twenty three seventy two minus twenty twenty two. So this isn't three. This episode set three hundred and fifty years from now, right? So uh, 
that means that right now is the year the Klingon year six forty nine. Okay. Just think about that. Uh, AK after Kalis. After Kalis. As Dax walks Worf to the Vataran, she observes that he has chosen not to wear his sash, to which Worf responds that there is no point to wear the emblem of the House of Moog aboard the ship. However, while the sash is indeed absent, the emblem is clearly visible on his sleeve throughout the scene. <laughs> so he still wears it on the sleeve, but not on a sash. Yeah. Like, that seems okay. like an oversight. Then, then I think, like, wouldn't when you say, like, why do you wear it as a, on your Starfleet uniform if it's not even like a real thing? It's not even, can, in your in your own culture. It's not a thing. He could also just wear that thing on his arm and in this, you know, like just the house sigil on his arm instead of wearing the whole sash. But yeah, all right. Um, uh, okay, uh, so we have the crew who's of the Rataran in this episode is made up of actors with multiple Star Trek credits. Okay, so we have the guy David Graff who played Leskit. He appeared yeah. as Fred Noonan in the Voyager episode, the Thirty Sevens. And he lent his voice to various characters in Star Trek video games. I knew his voice. Yeah, he. I definitely know his voice from like uh, Star, Star Trek, Trek Invasion. Did you play Elite that? Force game? is he an Elite Force? He is an Elite Force. Yeah, he, he was Leskit. Leskit. Uh, he's that the, that the, the, He used to be in Police Academy. His, his hard tackle. David, David Graff. Uh, Yes, he was. Well, he was yeah. he also again. is a Klingon lawyer in an Enterprise episode. Oh, nice. Okay, uh, Rick Worthy, who plays Cornyn, appeared as the an Alaran app, uh, officer in Insurrection, a uh, Voyager episode called Prototype. Uh, he played Noah Lessing in a Voyager episode Equinox, another uh, part one and two. Janar in multiple episodes of Enterprise, like you know, so. oh, yeah, he, he's Zindy. he's from Battlestar. He's one of the Cylons. Yeah, he's the Doctor Cylon. Oh yeah, so he's a big actor. Yeah, and he's and in he, the movie the guy from that thing about failing actors. Right, Ronald D. Moore wrote this episode, and so he used him later on in Battlestar. Good yeah, actor, worthy actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, like they're all in tons of Star Trek stuff, so uh, that's also kind of makes for the episode. They put like they got LeVar Burton directing, Jeff. They got Ronald D. Moore writing this episode, they got like JG Hertzler, like you know, who was who's like a, a great actor, born March, March 18th. I don't know if you know that, but he's a fellow March 18th uh birthday, and uh, you know, great, great actor. Uh, he who was else the is March pilot. 18th? Uh, Queen Latifah. And some other people. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. three days later is my birthday. The twentieth. Yeah. Yes. We're not exact. Yeah. Okay. I have two, two more fun facts here. Okay. Um, in, in the mess hall, the Klingons are drinking their blood wine out of one quart aluminum measuring cups designed for restaurants and industrial use. So that's interesting. Uh, and finally, Worf becomes a member of the House of Martok in this episode. Something. Which has great implications in the future. Ooh, stay tuned. For the wedding. Yes. Okay, yeah. we've got the ratings. Magnificent, isn't she? <laughs> All right. Soldiers of the Empire, Jeff. What do you want to give this episode? 
You know, 9.9. 9.9? Wow. 9. 9. It's a 10. I'm going 10. Yeah, Jamil's not here. Ashley, if, uh, um, Kevin? Nine. Nine from Kevin. Devin. Kevin's correct. It's a nine because once more under the beach is a Klingon episode on a Klingon ship that's at least one point better than this one. Okay. You say you, there's, there's still room for improvement. Uh, I think under the beach. damn near perfect. That's why Seven. I went on 9.9. I'm going to give it a 10 for that one. Hmm. You're going up to 10? No. No, for once more under the breach. Oh, okay. I'll go to 11 if I have to. I'm not afraid to. Uh, I up to 11. <laughs> you just make 10 the law of this one and make that it. And not so that's Soldiers of the Empire, episode 21 of season 5. Jeff, what's the episode that comes after this? Oh, that's a good Children question. of Time. Children oh, of oh, Time, no. Kevin. I'm that, oh, no. You were right at that right, right. That's one of the, that, that's a great <laughs> episode. It's, it, it, it was the episode when you first watched it and then you thought about it and you were like, oh, I don't like this. That's the one where they all have like ancestors they don't know of and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're they're descendants. Oh, that's yeah. a terrible episode. That's not a good episode. No, I love I that like, episode. I like old Odo though. Old Odo's impressive. Because but... you're like, how could this ship crash like of eighty people and then make a colony of five thousand people like within two hundred years? It's kind of crazy. I mean, it's not completely unrealistic, but it's so gross to know that like, you know. <laughs> you were on a ship of like 200 people and then all of a sudden you knew with these 200 people they had to build a civilization you're like oh okay not but, even 200 people not even 100 people how many people is it 80 something okay 100 people basically yeah uh, right, I gotta go before we do the plugs okay see you Kevin thanks for the I show about, I was about to say the same thing we'll see you <laughs> Saturday out early too all right. Okay. Well, plugs. Thanks, check, guys. Out, check Davin's show out. Uh, Cuters of Trek and uh, X Rated and all that. You guys were on tonight. We were on tonight. Uh, we're into the Phoenix Saga. Check it out. Nice. Yeah. We uh, talked about out, Solomon Gundy. Solomon Gundy. Uh, Pickled herring. Yeah. Superman anyway. never made any money from. That's Solomon uh, Grundy. Solomon. Oh, wait. Okay. See ya. Okay, Dave, are you getting into the plugs? Well, I was just, I was going to try to get, yeah, so you check out our other <laughs> podcasts here on Live Long and Podcast, like Star Trek Enterprise every Monday. Uh, where we talk, last night we were talking about the episode, what was the episode called again? Uh, it was called Singularity. Really good episode, Jeff, where the captain's chair was, was, uh, got all kinds of issues. Uh, they were getting <laughs> what? sick. Was it was a weird episode. It was a weird episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, uh, it was like they were trying. They were inventing the red alert, and like he uh, Reed, who was inventing it, wanted to call it Reed Alert. Reed Alert. That's not bad. That's why that show is not well acclaimed. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 got its charms. It's got its charms, but uh, it's also got some things. The captain's chair. You may have noticed that I don't sit in it very much. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I noticed a lot of things about you. <laughs> He's got a lot of issues. You want to hear us talk about Star Trek Enterprise? Check out all those podcasts going in order now into season two. 
Uh, and of course, we've been doing this Deep Space Nine. Check out our back catalog of other podcasts, including Star Trek Original Series, Star Trek Movies, uh, different shows like Star Trek Strange New World, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Lower Decks coming back for season three very soon. Uh, Star Trek Picard, Jeff was announced for it's, you know, we already knew they were having a season three. We knew that Worf was going to be back, um, and uh, some of the other TNGs, like, you know, Geordi's back and uh, Beverly Crusher's back and Riker and Troy. Uh, are you excited for this? Uh, did you see the, the 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 new images that came out? I did. You showed them to me. Um, cool. I everybody but data. You know, data, data's not there. Uh, and neither. Well, yeah, data's the main one. Well, I think Brent Spiner will be in it in some way. He's just not playing data. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I mean, I, I I've never liked the way. So far, they haven't really giving me the show i wanted they kind of like they killed data uh you know they have the whole board queen stuff which is cool but you know yeah i i i i'm not gonna pull any punches like i think that star trek picard has its issues for sure it's not my favorite star trek show but uh i was excited to kind of see Worf at least being, yeah. as being a huge fan of him seeing, seeing him back on screen again for the first yeah. time since Star Trek D Space. Well, I guess no. Star Trek Nemesis was the last time we saw him. So it's been it's been 20, 20 years. Twenty years? That's right. So Wait, we've seen... well, when was the last time we saw Worf? Nemesis. Ne- and what year is that? 2002. Yeah, so yeah, 20 years. 20 years. 20 years? Right. Uh, <laughs> um you know, to not, to not to not for him, like it's such a popular character, too. Yeah. And you think about how many franchises have like come out and rebooted several times in that 20 years and Worf hasn't been back because they're 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 waiting to bring him out for the right time, you know. It is difficult to speculate. It would have been like it would have been such a good idea to have done like a Worf movie or like, you know, a Worf show. Or show, you know, yeah. like it would have really been smart. I think so. I think that there's still they could still do it. He's not like he's in the 70s now. So if you're if Michael Dorn, so if you're going to do it, then it'll be the time. But um, yeah, so I'm excited for all that. So check out all, all of our podcasts over there. Star Trek uh, Lower Decks will be the next one to come back August 25th. And what else? Um, we got uh, Star Trek Radio Theater. We got Super Made Brothers podcasting with our Survivor and Big Brother coverage. And right now, Big Brother 24 being covered on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, probably be off this Thursday just because we have ball hockey. And then what else? Uh, we got uh, Trivial Debates, Jeff, uh, our monthly show. You know, you were just on it. I was. Uh, where we are about movies, TV, sports, and more. You're a co-creator, actually, so you also know about it. Jody hosting. We had you and Davin and Chris competing. It was a great show. Check that out on the Trivial Debates channel. And uh, check out uh, all those other guys. Like, uh, check out the Let's Talk About Fighting Games and the Hellbound podcast. And Sam Jerka. Sam Jerka. And different things like that. So we will see you next time. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we, we hope you will uh, kapla right into Stovo Core. All right. It's, uh, here we go. Uh, How can you say these things? Can you say these things? Can you say these things? <laughs>
How could you say these things? <laughs>